Hello, listeners. I'm Stephen Price, and joining me today is... Hello, hello. It's Yolanda Rouse and Carolina Aguilar. Welcome, welcome. This is our second episode in a series we're calling Therapy Basics. We're so glad that you were able to join us today as we continue the conversation of what you can expect as a client. Today, we're likely going to share some personal experiences to help answer questions that people often have. So thank you for joining us. Mental health matters. With so much information about mental health and spiritual care out there, where do you start? Let's start here. A podcast hosted by licensed professionals with experience both as clients and as clinicians. So last time we talked about just the really some more basics about what therapy is, what the counselor's jobs are, different roles, different what the different letters could be. So if you are interested in that, you can absolutely go back to listen to that. But today, I'm pretty excited about this because I love when we get the opportunity to share like our personal experiences. Carolina, why don't you start us off? Have you ever been to therapy before? Yes, thank you. Hello, everyone. Yes, yes. I started, I will say I started in my 20s. I did therapy because of relationship issues with a boyfriend at that time. Didn't like what she said, so I stopped going. <laughs> so to me, that was, oh, I wasn't ready for it. Then I got married, and in my 30s, my husband and I, we were struggling with some communication issues. So we looked for a therapist, for a couple's therapist. It was very helpful, but I will say that during the initial assessment, the counselor asked me a very amazing question. He was like, have you ever experienced trauma? Have you ever experienced any of that? And I, for the first time, after he determined what was that definition, which is something that happened to you that overwhelmed your system, my mind went into this moment in childhood and I froze in that moment in front of him. And I was like, I'm not sure if I wanna, I'm ready for this. And he gave me an amazing gift. He said, Oh, don't worry. We are going to work on campus therapy and we will work on the conflict resolution skills. But I do believe that you will benefit from tapping into that and healing that area. Oh, when he said that, don't worry, you don't have to deal with it now. It was so good. I felt so much relief and I decided, okay, going to just do the psychoeducation. The interesting thing though, is that a year later, that's when to me really therapy started. I was praying, I was having my devotional, and I started to notice that in every interaction with other people, my husband, friends, and even in my devotional with God, I started to notice this sensation of guilt and shame. And that really caught my attention. And I started to pray, and honestly, I felt this deep conviction to Google. <laughs> so I Google, and sure enough, I found out that guilt and shame is one of the hallmark the main symptoms for trauma. That really echoed what the previous therapist said. Yeah. And I felt in that moment that God was really pursuing me to open up. And of course, I did what I used to do before. Hey, Lord, it's going to be between the two of us. Awesome. I'm ready. Let's go for it. And the Lord really put a conviction in my heart to seek another therapist because what I was dealing with needed to be dealt with a person. There is a saying that Trauma happens between a relationship. So healing has to take place in a relationship as well. So my lack of trust, right? All those things, all those issues needed to be addressed. So 
I felt a little bit disappointed, but sure enough, I decided to go and I did. And again, I Googled whatever is closer. I wanted something that was very convenient, five minutes around, didn't want to drive half an hour. I want a Christian counselor because I knew God was calling me into this healing journey and psychology, as we all know, is humanistic in nature. So I wanted just the spiritual component, the more Christian point of view. I pray, Lord, send me to the person because I'm overwhelmed with all the options here. LPC, social worker, psychiatrist, do I need medicine? I have no idea. I went in faith. I found a therapist and it was a great experience. And as I mentioned before, I think in our previous conversation, it was mainly talk therapy for one year. It was amazing just to have this relationship with this therapist who really heard me and believed me and didn't question and validated my feelings. And I felt accepted. I felt that I had a secure space to bend, to learn, to challenge my thoughts and to learn new ways to think. Because I think trauma in my case creates a lot of core values or lies that I believe over my life. And I started to notice the consequences in my relationships with myself, with others, and with God. So it was mainly through talk therapy where I felt that I could relate to a person and finally trust that somebody had good intentions. And then once there was a secure space, healing took place. Amazing. I love everything that you just said. But I want to know if you don't mind sharing, like when you say you had this trauma response and it wasn't serving you anymore. It wasn't beneficial in your relationships. Can you kind of share what were some things that you were doing that you're like, okay, this isn't benefiting me, but this is definitely a trauma response. I started to learn was mistrust. In order to protect myself, I will always be a little bit cynical about the intentions of others. Mm -hmm. So I noticed that and I could away with murder because my protective mechanism, and this is what talk therapy also can provide, was my therapy was assertiveness skills, which was understanding my needs, right? But mm-hmm. my protective skill was denial, but also people pleasing, which is mm-hmm. very common. Yeah. Oh, you are an easygoing person. Sometimes you avoid conflict and that was my case. So sometimes I will just laugh and agree with you, but inside of me, I'm not calling you again. Yeah. Or I am not having this deeper relationship that you're seeking because honestly it feels uncomfortable to trust more than because I learned a lesson early on in childhood and that you cannot get away with that you know friendships but with my husband then I started to notice that my perception was is he mad at me am I doing something wrong that was pursuing a lot of my interaction with him am I doing something wrong yes and I'm like no I haven't why I keep asking myself did it wrong or personalization, taking the blame all the time. That's what I started to notice. And then in my relationship with God, I'm doing the devotional for an hour. Mm-hmm. Then I'm closing the book and I'm saying, it's not enough. Is that enough, God? Maybe you're, you wanted me two hours and I couldn't. Sounds, now I can laugh about it. But that was my struggle. It was real for me. And that really caught my attention. I was like, come on, I've been one hour in my devotional. I enjoyed it. I learned something. I have to work. I have to do things. And now I'm feeling guilty because I didn't spend two hours. Mm-hmm. Like that really made me think, what is going on? So what you're saying is like you were basically repeating these behaviors with not only like the people that were closest to you who maybe 
did not give you reason to mistrust, but you were also feeling this guilt and shame with God too. Like your trauma was playing out on all of your relationships, which is so real. And I like, thank you for saying that because I think there's so many Christians who feel like God is mad at them all the time because they're not spending hours in their Bible or they're not feeling that connection and they're not feeling this love of a father that so many people talk about. And I just want to sit here for a second and normalize that, especially because I work with the younger generation and they feel a burden with even that. Okay, am I not good enough? Am I not doing this? Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. I can absolutely relate with your story. I would say a little bit different. I was not a Christian when I first went to therapy. I think I understood God and I wanted to have a relationship, but mine was also a bad breakup. But I actually went to UNCW and I got to the point where I was just like pretty hopeless. Like I was like, I just don't know what to do anymore. And I feel like I keep talking to my friends and my family and they might have been telling me the right thing, but I just didn't want to hear it and or I just couldn't trust them or believe them or whatever the case was. So I ended up going to UNCW and I think I maybe had six sessions because a lot of the campuses are overwhelmed with students right now. And so they don't really have the capacity to walk with students for a really long time. But I would say that for sure, I it changed my life. I didn't know at that point that I wanted to become like a counselor or whatever. Even thinking about therapy, I was like, I'm not doing another two years of school. Absolutely not. But just sitting with somebody and them listening to you and allowing you to unpack a lot of it was so powerful. And I think that was a door that got opened. And then later down the road, my husband and I also started going to counseling because we kept going in circles about the same situations over and over again. And funny enough, my husband had never been to a therapist yet. He had married once. That was funny. So I definitely remember him being like a little hesitant and I totally understood why it can't be easy. But anyway, we met somebody in Raleigh and his name is Hugo. So shout out to Hugo if you're listening to this, but he is phenomenal. He's really helped us navigate through just, again, conversations we were getting stuck in. And I think the biggest thing that I've heard from family and friends is, oh my gosh, why are you guys in therapy? Is there something wrong? And I'm like, you don't need to wait until your marriage is completely broken to go to therapy. And I have parents that have been married for a very long time. And if I've learned anything, it's that yeah, don't wait. Don't wait until things are too difficult to work through the small things because the small things can affect you in big ways down the road. So um, that's definitely a little bit of my perspective on it. Yeah, thank you for sharing, Yolandi. This is great. Thank you much yeah, thank for you. sharing. Yeah, that's so important. We at Life Care Counseling and Coaching want to respond to the needs of our community and the world. In order for us to do that, we are looking for passionate clinicians and prescribers to join our staff in various locations. 
If you or someone you know think you could be a good fit for our mission and values, please email your resume and cover letter to info at lifecarecc.com. Learn more about LifeCare at lifecarecc.com. There's an interesting perspective you mentioned that I think is fascinating is that after your breakup, you would talk to people, you would talk to friends, talk to family, and they probably provided an ear for a time, but it was different than what you got from a counselor. And so the experience with a counselor gave you a different relationship to bounce things off of. Can you tell us a little bit more about why it was easier to talk to a counselor or what you got from the counselor that maybe a family member or friend couldn't provide? I think there's just bias on my part. I know that when my mom says, I love you, I totally believe that. But I also have this bias towards my parents and my family because I am a different person. And so sometimes I don't know, are they telling me this because of their values and what they want my life to be or and so then I start second guessing it and I like remember sitting there being like yeah but how do they know like how do they know that's the right thing and a counselor is not biased like they're gonna sit down with you and they're you're gonna share your goals and for me it was very clear like my goal is that I want to be one day in a happy healthy relationship and she really held up the mirror to me, that relationship, what I was saying. And it was my words against me, pretty much. Hey, you're telling me that you want to be in a happy, like a happy, healthy relationship, but you're also telling me that this happened. Like, what do you think about that? And it wasn't her opinion. It wasn't what she thought was right or wrong. She definitely showed me myself in a way like she mirrored back to me what I wasn't seeing but was definitely there but then at the same time abuse is abuse there's no right or wrong with that like it there's abuse and then there's not abuse and the it was very clear that some of that was going on and there was no loophole around that like it it was what it was and she allowed me to say with that and there was no argument it was just it was a hard look in the mirror it takes courage, right? Oh. It takes courage to call, to set the appointment and feel like, I think one of the misunderstandings that I have at the beginning is that they have this superpower that they are going to see through my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to see everything in me. Now that I am on the other side is, no, we don't do not have that superpower. We're just uh -huh. there for you holding the space. But I thought it was like, oh, she's going to know all my deep, dark secrets. No. I never felt like I needed to share any of that unless it was something yeah. that I truly felt. What that you shared. Yeah, I'll have a, a lot of sessions with friends. They're like, how'd you know that? I'm like, I listened to what you were saying. I didn't read your mind. You shared that. And it's crazy how much we unpack when we are given the space to do so. Carolina, in your description, wanted to point out for our listeners that even as you were recognizing the need to step into counseling. You felt called to it. You felt led. It felt like the right thing to do. You still were like, okay, they have to be close. They have to be. So there, in some ways we can almost set up roadblocks for ourselves, right? To say, I'm a, I'm nervous about doing this, or I'm scared to step into this. I don't know what to expect. And that's a lot of what we're trying to help our listeners with now is what can you expect? So that's not a barrier to entry. And so you can overcome those things and 
what you get out of it is so much greater than you could anticipate. Yeah. Steven, your experience with therapy is a little bit different. So I'd love to hear what it's been like for you. Yeah, it is a little bit different. I did like you have a breakup when I was in college, when I was young, it was. Man, what's up with these breakups? It was a four year relationship. And at that age, I thought, oh, this is probably going to be the relationship I'm in the rest of my life. In hindsight, I could very easily say differently, but at the time it felt like the end of the world and I just needed somebody to talk to. And like you, I went to the counseling center at Clemson University and I could not tell you a thing about it other than I was able to express what I needed to express and not feel like I needed to hold anything back. I wasn't telling someone in my life who might judge me, who could hold something against me. I was telling someone who I did believe would hold my truth and confidence, who would support and encourage me, who would, like you said, hold up a mirror to maybe how I contributed. The truth. And I was open to that, but I didn't want to unpack my garbage, if you will, with my family and friends and then have them have something against me, if you will. And uh, So that's part of what counseling is good for is that you don't have to hold your cards very close to your chest because counselors are, we're trained and we're just non-judgmental and we just want to be available for people to share what they need to share when they're ready to share it to Carolina's point. There's no pressure. You can hold us accountable. Absolutely. Later in life, after I had become a counselor, we all have to train. Yolanda, you talked about this last week. We have these continuing education hours, but we also have to train in specialties or skills that we want to bring to the session. And one of the things that I was finding early on in my career was that even though I wasn't prepared, I had a lot of trauma cases coming through my door and it became evident that I needed some trauma modalities or treatments that I could Mm -hmm. offer to really be of service to people. I was doing narrative. I was doing things that were helpful, but I really didn't feel like it was adequate. And so I went and got all but certified in EMDR. And during that training, we were required to do EMDR session. So EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which is a whole lot of words to just say this is a really effective and safe trauma therapy, but it actually gets used for other diagnoses as well. I use it an awful lot with people with anxiety, some with depression and various other, not necessarily capital T traumas in their lives, but my experience in that, I felt I wasn't looking for a therapist at the time. I was required as Mm -hmm. part of the course to attend therapy. And so the woman that I got partnered with, she was a full-time counselor at a prison in Athens, Georgia. And she was going through the same training I was and having some of the same experiences I was, obviously a different demographic. So she became my therapist for eight months and I became hers. And the interesting thing was that even though I wasn't looking for a therapist, being put in a position where I was going to be attending therapy 
it was still therapeutic. It was still helpful. I still got a lot out of it. I didn't have capital T trauma in my life, and yet I'm going through this trauma therapy. So when I was presenting my, it's like, why are you here besides training? What problem are you bringing to the table? And I came with just, I just want to communicate more effectively with my wife. And then as we started going through the protocol, it's okay. What's in the way of you communicating more effectively with your wife and looking further back, what other instances in your life, did you have problems communicating or did you feel a certain way? And through that experience, it was like, wow, there's a lot of things there. There's a lot of reasons why I don't communicate effectively with my wife. So even though I wasn't looking for it and felt like I probably was doing pretty well on my own realized that even though I didn't feel like I needed counseling, I recognized that myself and I would encourage anybody else that you would benefit from counseling. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's comes back to the, there's so much there when we are given the space to unpack. It's you just have to sit with yourself for a little bit and ask yourself these questions. And it's like, a domino effect. And that's how I've been taught about EMDR is there's a domino effect of memories that are in our brain and scientifically neurons that are wired together, meaning basically these messages that you have had throughout your life and these memories, they fire together. So if you are having a hysterical reaction to something kind of small and you're like, whoa, like, why does that matter so much to me? I don't get it. It's historical. And this is the scientific basis behind therapy is that when we get to reprocess these things with another person, we are literally changing pathways in our brain physically. And that just goes to show the impact relationships can have on our brains. And it is so much more than just, oh, you're just talking. It's no, we're doing brain surgery here. And it's so cool. I think it's just really fascinating to me. So thank you for sharing that. I definitely think that in future episodes, like we're going to come back and we're going to talk about trauma. You mentioned some like big T versus little T. And I just want the listeners to know that there's so much here to unpack and we definitely will. But just for the basis of today's episode, we just wanted to talk about our own experiences in order to give you guys a good feel of it is just so different person to person. However, the end result is pretty much the same. Like we're looking for healing and you've got to start somewhere. So thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you guys, Carolina and Steven. It's been genuinely a blast to hear your story. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. If you have questions about counseling and or looking for a counselor, please reach out to Life Care Counseling and Coaching at lifecarecc.com or you can reach us by phone 919-851-1572. Thanks for listening to Let's Start Here, a podcast by Life Care Counseling and Coaching. At Life Care Counseling and Coaching, we are passionate about serving others by integrating the best mental health practices and spiritual care for the soul. Find out more or schedule an appointment at lifecarecc.com. Follow us on Facebook at Life Care Counseling or Instagram at Life Care Counsel Coach. If you found the information in this podcast helpful, 
please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, as this helps more people find our show. This show is produced at Podcast Carry.